Hi, this is Nick Webb, and welcome to another episode of The Nick Webb Show. Today, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which of course is innovation. As an innovator, I've been awarded over 40 patents. I've developed technologies ranging from one of the world's smallest medical implants to one of the first wearable technologies. I've written several best-selling books on innovation, and I've served as a chief innovation officer at a top medical school. The reason I mention all of this is that so many people talk about innovation theoretically, and I think they're well-intended. The problem is, is that everything you think you know about innovation kind of goes out the window <laughs> until you actually try it yourself. And so that's what I want to talk about today. What are the reasons why we succeed and why do we tend to fail at innovation? Well, let's start with the very first item. We never really start in the first place. The first biggest problem as to why we never really ultimately win at innovation is we've never honestly made the commitment. What is the commitment? Well, you have to begin with a readiness assessment. Do we have the infrastructure, the technology, the best practices, the expertise? Do we have the cultural ether to be able to move innovation forward? Do we make our organization a safe place to innovate? Do we encourage smart risk-taking? In other words, there's a whole shopping list of things that you need to make sure that are in place before you ever begin. You know, in my career, I've worked with hundreds of companies on innovation initiatives. I've set up complete centers for innovations for multi-billion dollar brands. And here's what I've discovered. Some organizations are truly committed to this stuff because they know how important innovation really is. Unfortunately, and conversely, some organizations just make it a bumper sticker. That's so sad. It's so sad because the great people that come in every day to serve your mission that really wants to do the right thing, come in there with the idea that they can take their own unique genius and apply it to the organization so that they can be part of the organizational innovation ether and the flow. And it's just when they feel like you're faking it when it comes to innovation, unfortunately, you lose them. So the first rule is the best way to win at innovation is to honestly start. Starting begins with a detailed assessment of your readiness. Now, this may sound like a consulting plug, and I certainly don't mean it to, but you know, sometimes it's best to have a third party take a look at your organization so that they can speak real words and talk openly about what's there and what isn't. You can do your own assessments, but as you can imagine, there are political traps and other problems with trying to understand from your perch what's there and what isn't there. Having an outside expert taking a look at your innovation maturity model really does help. It's not required, and it certainly doesn't need to be me. The only point that I'm making is, just like going to a therapist, you really want to be able to get the perspective of somebody who is A, non-bias, and B, an expert. Okay, so that's tip number one. Be committed to honestly doing this right? Because the overwhelming majority of innovation initiatives, well into the 90 percentile, fail because they never really started. And by starting, I mean doing the right stuff. So it's kind of like the old SOS model, situation, objective, strategy. What is your current situation in terms of your infrastructure? Then we get to the O of SOS. What's your objective? What do you want the black box of innovation to do? It is incredibly powerful 
powerful. In fact, I would say that innovation is the single most powerful tool within organizations today, period. There's nothing that can do a better job of moving goals forward than innovation. In fact, some studies suggest that using enterprise innovation, you can increase your returns on strategy by as much as 60%. And I know that's true because I've seen it firsthand. So innovation is important. It always, when done properly, delivers a 10, 20, 30x return on investment. It's necessary in a time of chaotic innovation where things are changing quickly and sameness is catastrophic. Okay, so there you go. We got to know where we are. We got to make a commitment. The other issue is, do you have a formal infrastructure? I find that asking Marge in the corner office to now own innovation rarely works. You need to have somebody that is completely and totally dedicated to enterprise or technology innovation. That means you've given them a budget, you've given them permission, you've given them all the assets and resources they need to win. So you really do have to also make sure that you empower. And one of the ways that we do that is the creation of a formal innovation strategy. Now, before I go any farther, I want to delineate what I consider to be the two hemispheres of innovation. There is service and technology innovation, where we invent stuff, things we sell. And then there's another bucket, which we call enterprise innovation. And that's where we use the superpower of innovation pipeline and innovation best practices to be able to move ideas forward that help the organization. Both of them fit the definition. Now, in writing my best-selling book, The Innovation Mandate, I came up with a definition that took me 20 years to create. In fact, when I was researching the definition for innovation, (laughs) I found hundreds of definitions from really smart people. They were all interesting, but they all seemed to be incomplete. So here's what I think is the most concise and most accurate definition of innovation. Innovation is the process of creating or finding new ideas that deliver value to your customer and your enterprise. That's it. Now, let's dissect that a little bit. Sometimes we just go out and scout new ideas from somebody else. I don't know. That's innovation to me. We are committing to the ownership of newness, which is what innovation is all about. Sometimes we have to create those innovations ourselves. But they have to be novel, meaning that they have to provide differentiated value to a marketplace or to your enterprise. Now, when we think about the word value, I describe value across a continuum. It starts with incremental and then goes to landmark and then breakthrough and then disruptive. Those are kind of the flavors of the value that you deliver. You can change the color on the knob of your Jarvik 9 and make it easier for a consumer to know how to turn the knob. That's an innovation. And it's good because it's continuous improvement. But it's not breakthrough. It's incremental. And let's not give incremental innovation a bad rap because after all, little improvements over time make a big difference in terms of the overall quality and experience that a consumer will enjoy by buying or availing themselves of our services. I'm a big believer in continuous process improvement, which we also like to call Incremental innovation. Landmark is where we say, let's get rid of the knob. Who needs knobs? That would be a landmark. 
because everybody else in the industry used knobs, but yours no longer needs it because of the way in which you design the technology. Breakthrough innovation means that you don't need that product anymore. You need it now as an app. Do we need a GPS? Nope. That's in our smartphone. Do we need a just about anything? Do we need a radar detector so we don't get a ticket while driving too fast down the boulevard? Nope, that's been replaced by Waze. The point is, is that we're seeing more and more digital disruption that displaces briny shite objects for breakthrough digital replacements. So that's a good example of, of a, a breakthrough innovation. Disruptive innovation has many definitions, and it was coined by uh, a famous professor from Harvard. And, and uh, I'd like the work that, uh, that uh, Christensen did in that regard. But I look at disruptive innovation as anything that is destroyed. Like, for an example, uh, maybe we destroy travel agents in favor of an app. Well, we just killed the whole industry, which of course we did, and we replaced them with an app, which of course we did. So that's disruptive innovation, where we take and destroy something uh, and replace it with something much better. So that's my own definition. I don't profess it to be perfect. Different people like to use different words. Some like to use more syllables. Uh, some people like to use acronyms. But, you know, for somebody who lives this every single day, I think that's probably about right. What else can we do? Well, we hear the term diversity and inclusion a lot. But the one thing we don't talk enough about is what about diversity and inclusion of ideas? Do we provide an opportunity for the people that show up every day in our organization to present great ideas to the organization to make it better? We know that it significantly improves their quality of work life when we give them the opportunity to innovate. We know that we can significantly reduce costs. We can get a 60% better return on stated strategic priorities. We can do so many things if we just let the people that come to serve our mission every day participate in the game of innovation. One really great way to do that is with software solutions called ESNs. ESNs is an acronym for Enterprise Social Networks. And it's a way for you to create a challenge. Like, how about we create the biggest idea to reduce the size of lines at our supermarket? And we call it the speed challenge. How do we find ways to speed people through so we can eliminate the friction and make them much happier? That is an enterprise innovation challenge. Then you put that up on your ESN. People get to actually present their idea in the ESN software solution. People get to see the leaderboard of who's voting the ideas up and down. Then we take those ideas, and you'll get thousands of great ones, and we put those into operations. And now the people that work there go, wow, they asked me my opinion. I gave it to them. They used it, and now we work in a better place. And we can do that for just about everything, quality of work life, the way in which we deliver experiences across the Five touch points of the consumer. We can improve the way in which we respect and understand the people and their differences in our workplace. Just about anything that we want to accomplish, well, let me restate that, anything that we want to accomplish in our organization can be accomplished through the use of enterprise innovation. So again, there's sort of two hemispheres. We've got technology and service innovation, and then we have what I like to call enterprise innovation. Now, there are people that talk about the 10 types of innovations and the 30 types of innovations. It seems confusing and kind of a waste of time. So let's not go there. Let's just boil it down to stuff that we can actually deal with. And that is the stuff that we do to make our organization better and the things that we do to create better products, services, and technologies to deliver better products to the marketscape. That's ultimately what it does. Okay, here's the last tip. 
I'm trying to keep, I could literally talk about this for hours and hours. Nobody invites me to cocktail parties because they're afraid I'm going to come in and start talking about innovation. But I love this space. It's amazing to see the impact that innovation has. It really is exciting. The way in which we can improve the quality of life for people and improve the experience for employees and for customers, the magic that we can, that we can create with innovation is just delicious to me. It really, truly is. So here's the last one. We have to create a safe place to innovate. We have to encourage smart risk-taking. We have to realize that innovation is fueled by failure. Yikes. Yep, I've learned it myself. I've bet my mortgage on ideas, and some of them worked, and some of them didn't. I've lost millions of dollars with really stupid ideas. I guess that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I've also made millions of dollars with the ones that worked out, but they wouldn't have worked out if I hadn't learned the lessons from my total complete face plants. So I encourage you to create smart risk-taking, not risk in terms of compromising safety or uh, compliance to regulations and those kinds of things. But, you know, we're going to lose some money every once in a while if we want to do this right. Otherwise, we're destined to a life of incremental innovation. That sounds so boring. And from an organizational perspective, it's catastrophic. Because remember, we transitioned from incremental innovation to disruptive innovation to our current state of chaotic innovation. And chaotic innovation demands speed and size. Innovations have to get bigger and they have to go faster or we get beat up really bad in the marketplace. Listen, if you have any questions or would like to learn more about this topic or just share your ideas with me, always feel free to reach out. My uh, email is real simple. It's nick at nickweb.com. I love collaborating with other people and learning from them. So I'd love for you to also share this podcast if you know somebody that could benefit from these ideas that I shared today. All right, there you go. This is uh, the episode on my favorite topic. I'll be circulating some stuff around innovation more and more throughout the podcast. And then after my 24th podcast, after we get through the 24 tips for 2024, we're going to start bringing in superstar guests, like really interesting guests that are geniuses that we can shake them down for their great ideas so we can apply it in our organization. All right, there you go. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Until next time.